Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Welcome into the official Jets podcast. We are here at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. It is America's heartland. Eric <laughs> Allen here joined by ESPN's Matt Miller. We go a ways back. Oh, we long do. Long before yeah. Matt was at ESPN. Man, I'm trying to see, it's like to 10 you. years. It's been 10 years. I predate, I predate the McCagnan era hanging out with you guys. How That's about how long that? it's been. How so, about that? Not so, to bring up any... <laughs> in the past, but you know, it's been a long time. Uh, I used to love the times that we shared back at the old facility where we got you up on the board as yeah. far as we'd bring you in for a day or two mm-hmm. and, and get Miller to cover every position group. Yeah, we got to do that again. Okay. Let's do it again. That'd be fun. All right, I'd enjoy it. Uh, you just got off the set at NFL Live. How's things yeah. going with ESPN? Oh man, it's great. I, I love it. It's you know, a lifelong dream. Uh, I was thinking about that today, driving in. I was like, this is something I wanted to do when I was eight years old. You know, before the com- no one covered the combine then, right? But I wanted to wanted to cover the draft for ESPN. So to to have that moment happen has been phenomenal like never been treated better the the support is amazing the access is amazing and you know you get a chance to share your opinions and your hard work with more people than than you can anywhere else so it's 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 a dream come true what's prep like for you as far as the draft is concerned yeah so you know my role is a a lot of you know nfl live we're talking about quarterbacks wide receivers tackles nonstop, and then my role in detroit is day three so it's it's funny because you got to know this time of year very, very well, the top 25, 30 players. Uh, I don't do as much right now. I think about round two and round three because so much of my prep work is on those day three guys. So trying to draw a line at like, okay, here's my player that's ranked 75. Let me look at everyone else and, and try to know those players to be able to talk about them for 90 seconds when they get drafted. Um, so you want to make sure you have all that nailed down, but it's really like, you want to know 500 players is kind of the number that I have bouncing around in my head. It's like 500 players. That's crazy. Be because there's only, I think there's only like 356 picks. But and you there's 321 know. guys who were invited here, I think. Right, but you never know, right? Yeah. And there's always, you know, like last year, Kobe Turner gets drafted in the third round, and you want to make sure, hey, if, if that's if you're on the desk when Kobe Turner gets drafted, you can't just be like, oh, he wasn't invited to the combine. I don't know. You know, you got to be re- you got to be ready to roll. So as far as the draft is concerned, the Jets have the 10th overall selection. Yeah. Don't have a second-round pick this year. You mentioned you're going to be live on day three. Where is the most depth in this draft late? Yeah. 
Man, I love the running back depth late, which you guys have one of my favorite running backs in Brees Hall. <laughs> so uh, not suggesting anything there, but it is a great running back draft late. It's, it's a very good wide receiver draft late. Corner is really, really good late. I think because of positional value and because of the talent in this class, we're not going to see tight ends fly off the board early outside of Brock Bowers from Georgia. We're not going to see safeties fly off the board early. So I think you can find really, really good players at those positions on day three. Is it an oversimplification for me to say from a Jets perspective at 10 if you stay there? It's either offensive line or receiver. No, that's what it is. It's, it's <laughs> tackle or receiver. Which one is it? I think you could even break it down farther than that. It's tackle or wide receiver. And it's you're, you're probably looking at it of like, could one of the big three wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunes, Malik Neighbors, is there a world in which one of them falls? If not, okay, which tackle do we like? Because it is a loaded tackle class. I think I had seven or eight in my top 32 players. Right. Uh, top 50 just came out today on Tuesday. Uh, it, it is a loaded tackle class. So I think that's how you have to look at it. If, okay, if the top three receivers are gone, cool. We're going to take the best tackle available, and we're going to come back around three and look at a wide receiver. Have you ever seen anything like this as far as the receivers are concerned? There's three guys. Man, I don't think so. You know, the, the Jamar Chase year was that 2020 or 2021. That was a really good year where it's like, gosh, these are good players, you know, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase. I don't think I've ever seen three wide receivers at the top who have this high of grades. I gave Marvin Harrison a 98. I gave Neighbors and a Dunes a 96s, which is I'm a I'm a pretty tough grader. You know, I don't like to do that. They're all so special and, and bring unique traits to the field where, you know, I think they're all plug and play wide receiver ones who are, are going to be go to guys. What world do we live in where there is a scenario where one of those guys get to 10? You, you guys need to be the biggest J.J. McCarthy fans in the world <laughs> right now. Right. Like, I, I mean, I expect Joe Douglas to be talking about J.J. McCarthy is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, if you could get four quarterbacks to go in the top 10, that's a really good thing for you guys uh, to get that to happen. But, you know, wide receiver has become a premier position. Like you're talking, we started doing this. All the talk was, oh, you wait till round two to get a receiver yes. because of like the Michael Thomases of the world. Now, because the salary cap, because the, the rules, you better get a wide receiver pretty early because they're, they're flying off the board. You guys have a great one in Garrett Wilson, obviously. But now it has become such a premium position that I, I think we are going to see them go pretty early. OK, so we're taping here on Tuesday. You just drove in about six plus hours. I just got <laughs> off the plane. There are reports yesterday saying that the Jets are intending to release Lincoln Tomlinson. Yeah. With that being said, I know a lot of people entered the offseason and said, well, Jets need tackles. Yeah. But you got to look at the interior as well. Mm -hmm. Jets need linemen. And I, I think we're still trying to figure out what AVT is going to be because of some injuries. You yep. know, I, I was a huge fan of his coming out of USC, and he was somebody that had so much versatility. I thought Carter Warren showed some things last year, you know. And so you've, okay, we've got a couple guys here. You know, Joe Tipman is very much still in the mix. I was also a Joe Tipman guy. So you've got three guys that I think are solid young players. Try to figure that out. You know, okay, is this our nucleus? If we add in a veteran Let's say we add in a veteran left tackle. Okay, right. maybe Tyron Smith wants to, to go with Aaron Rodgers and chase a ring. Okay, now we got left tackle figured out for one year. And so you're sitting at 10 thinking, this is a draft in which is very right tackle heavy. Joe Alt is a name you're going to hear a lot from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. He's a left tackle. Olu Fashanu, Penn State, you're going to hear that name a lot. He's a left tackle. Every other tackle I have a first-round grade on played right tackle exclusively in college. So Talise Fuaga, right tackle. Yep. J.C. Latham, right tackle. Marius Mims, right tackle. Tyler Guyton, right tackle. So 
I think if if Joe Douglas watches, I know Joe will watch this. When he does, <laughs> the left go. tackle might be a free agency move. Right tackle is just rich at pick 10. How do you separate Alt and Fashano? I, I think it's in terms of readiness. Alt is a finished product, not just because, you know, his dad is a Chiefs Hall of Famer. It, coming out of Notre Dame, he's more well-versed, more balanced. I think Fashano at times in the run game lost his balance at times, didn't have great contact strength, but he can work on that. He's he's working with Duke Mannyweather, who, for my money, is the best offensive line coach, uh, private offensive line coach in the game. Fashano's down there working on getting stronger, trying to plug some of those holes in his game. That encourages me about what type of player he's going to become in the next level because I know he's working with the best. So I think Alt is ready right now. Fashano has a chance to be better. Some of this is so absurd because free agency precedes the draft. So yep. this is so hard for you. Dated, yeah, oh, like really quickly. I, I, it, yeah. It, it is so hard because you're going to be addressing needs in free agency. Every mm-hmm. team is going to be doing that. You mentioned the runner right tackles that you anticipate. We're hit, sitting here in late February, February 27th. What's the scenario where Joe Douglas says, you know what? I think I can move back yeah. and pick up some more draft pick ammo and still get a fine tackle. Yeah, I think that is where if you can solve left tackle and free agency or trade, then you can you could slide back and get a right tackle because those guys are really closely grouped together. You know, there's not one of those right tackles outside of Fawaga who I would say, yeah, you got to stay at 10 to draft him. You know, if, if Fawaga's off the board or if you say, you know, we like Tyler Guyton just as much. Mm. I think that is a scenario where you could move back. And that's where we become J.J. McCarthy fans <laughs> again, because you want to say to a team like the Raiders, like like the Broncos. Hey, like, why don't you come up a couple spots, make sure you get the fourth quarterback. And we're happy drafting at 12 or 13 because we can still get our right tackle there and pick up, you know, some of that extra draft capital that you've, you've used to get guys like Aaron Rodgers. We do a lot of content with Leger Doosable, a former Jets defensive lineman. Yeah. Doos is very high on Guyton and what his ceiling is mm-hmm. making that switch from defensive line yeah it's been offensive phenomenal line. what do you think about him no i love him and it is it is that matter of he's still learning but my goodness all the tools are there you know athletically it's there uh, i'll tell you my comp for him was i remember watching lane johnson move from quarterback to tight end mm-hmm. to tackle and i think guyton has some of that same good to his game of gosh the agility is there the length is there the mentality is all there he just needs a little bit more time to figure it out to become great you he could be your week one starting right tackle but, like, there's a lot of, of ceiling there for him to continue to get better. Where are you with Latham, the Alabama product? I worry a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I think this year he played heavy, and it showed up in his footwork. Now, if we're just talking being a people mover, if he gets his hands on you, it's, it's game over. You know, he's like a UFC fighter. If you don't let him get a hold of you because your day is ruined. But, <laughs> yeah, I think in, in the modern NFL, you've got to be able to move. And that's where he struggles a little bit. This is a big week for him. You know, he, he, I think he was playing like 360 for Alabama last year. I want to see how he moves this week because I, I could be singing a different tune Sunday. If like, okay, no, he looked good here. I'm not as worried, but I think there were times he played too heavy and it hurt him. You said Jets fans should be quarterback fans. You mentioned McCarthy multiple times already. Yep. What are your thoughts on McCarthy? And also what's going to happen with Caleb Williams? 
What's going to happen with Drake May? How many quarterbacks going to go in the first round? Yeah, Caleb Williams is going to go first overall. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's that's done, right? That'll be the. Well, there will be no anticipation that in Detroit on Thursday night. I apologize for ruining that. No. He's going to go first. Fair uh, enough. But I, I like JJ McCarthy. I think with him, it's a matter of what can he become. You know, Michigan this year, he didn't play seven fourth quarters because they were beating teams so badly. In eleven games, they had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. This guy just didn't play a lot of football late in games. Watch him. Against Ohio State, watch him against Alabama. Those were his two best games. Those are pretty good defensive schools, right? Mm-hmm. There are times he makes throws, and there might only be three a game because they just don't ask me to do it, but there are times he makes throws, and you're like, wait, I, I love that. And I remember reading a book when I was pretty young learning about Bill Walsh, and he said, when I watch a quarterback, if I watch him do something once, I know it's my job to get him to do it again. So when I watch J.J. McCarthy, I think about that all the time. I'm like, gosh, I've seen him do it. He just needs to get somewhere where they can consistently get that out of him. And, and maybe it's just sitting there waiting, and he didn't have to do it because of the great run game they had and the great defense they had. But, man, he'll make three throws a game that could convince you that he can be a, a legitimate star in the NFL. You think NFL. he's going to convince teams? I think he's going to go in the top ten. You I do. do? Yeah, I do. I, whether it's the Falcons at eight or a trade-up scenario, I mean, we might be talking about the Giants at six, the Falcons at eight, or a team like the Vikings coming up to get him. Uh, I'm convinced he's going to interview well here. Um, he's going to test well here. And and he's the top-rated quarterback throwing here. The impression that he's going to leave, not having to throw against Caleb Williams, not having to throw against Drake May and, and uh, Jaden Daniels, I, I think he's going to leave a mark. I really do. Daniels. I've heard some comparisons to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I made that one, too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Very very explosive offense at LSU. He's not the biggest guy as far as thickness. Uh, How concerned are you there? A little bit. Go watch the FSU game week one last year. I mean, they're legit. They're grabbing him and just throwing him because he's like they say 210. I don't believe that for a second. Right. Um, Here's what what I think is funny, though. He's going to be more protected in the NFL than he was in the SEC. You know, he's not going to be taking the huge hits. He's going to have to learn to protect himself a little bit better. You know, we saw Will Levis last year where the Titans were like, hey, could you please slide just a a little bit? I think with Jaden, it'll be the same thing of learning when is when you're trying too hard. You know, sometimes you just got to go down and live for the next play as opposed to "Ah, if I can make one more guy miss, I could break this open. So he's going to have to learn that. But we talk about the running with Jaden for good reason. Back to back years, over a thousand yards rushing in the SEC. He's the best deep ball thrower in this class by far. You know, he had 22 touchdowns, zero picks on passes over 20 yards. I mean, that that is outstanding ability to throw the deep ball. So uh, he's not just a runner. He can kill you from the pocket, too. What do you think about the Jets' macro level from this offseason perspective? Joe Douglas taking the podium here Wednesday in Indianapolis. What has he got to get done? Yeah, I protect Aaron Rodgers is the biggest thing. You have a, a 40-year-old quarterback coming back off an Achilles. That's unprecedented. We, mm-hmm. we have not seen that happen. Um, you got to protect him. And I we saw that last year in even limited time with Aaron. He has to be protected. Yes, he's an athlete. He's going to create and extend. Got to have a, a structure of protection there. And let's give this guy some more weapons. You know, that's that's the the one complaint I think he always had about Green Bay was I need more weapons. I need more weapons. Only one ring. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. One ring. So I think your your focus this offseason is you've got a really talented young defense. You got a defensive minded head coach. You're going to be okay there. 
let's let's fix this offense, whether it be trades for agency early in the draft. I think that has to be really the mandate from ownership on down. You love the receivers. Where do you stand on Brock Bowers? Is he a unicorn and how early should he go in the draft? I don't think he's a unicorn because he's probably going to be 6'2", 230. To me, that's not a unicorn. I, I mean, if you ask me to just name the five or six best football players in this draft, Brock Bowers is in that list. Mm. He absolutely is. And uh, when you start to talk about positional value, the history of tight ends in the first round, you know, Kyle Pitts was 6'4", 240. That's a different animal. You yeah. know, when you're talking about just the ability, Brock is not going to be that type of mover. He's not going to be that type of mismatch out on the edge. Now he brings more in the block game, obviously. Uh, I don't think he's the athlete that Dalton Kincaid was last year who went in late first round. So I like Brock Bowers. He should be a top 15 pick. I don't know that I could justify taking a tight end in the top 10. Not in today's NFL. Who is more likely to be there at 10? Uh, you probably think neither one of them, but neighbors or Rome oh man neither uh, yeah, <laughs> neither right? uh, I would say if one of them is it's a dunes because neighbors is so explosive after the catch that's where the NFL is going you know it's that ability to let me take something small and create big you know that's that's the model that everyone wants right now I heard Rand Carthon say today the Titans GM you know like we're looking for for guys who can create we're looking for a track team basically out there the Miami Dolphins are a great example of that yes. let's just get some speed out there you guys see him twice a year you know how fast that offense is so I think neighbors with his 4-2 to 4-3 speed. I wish he were running here, but he's not. Yeah. Uh, pro day, he's going to light it up. And I think that that probably gets him selected earlier. What's the top storylines for you this week overall? Oh my, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think it is what does Chicago do? You know, what do the Bears do? Once again, Ryan Poles is in control of the draft and you have a really attractive trade piece in Justin Fields as well. So I think that is what makes it interesting of what do they do? You know, I, I believe they will and should draft Caleb Williams. Uh, everything I've heard points to that as well. But I think they they want to send Justin somewhere where he can have success. Where is that? Is it the Atlanta Falcons? You know, is it is it the Raiders? You know, where would this be? Is it the Steelers? And because even for you guys, that affects a lot. You know, if, it, yeah, if no that, doubt. a quarterback needy team in the top 10 doesn't need a quarterback anymore, that changes things. So we're going to let you go because I know you got a lot of stops before I get yep. to the magical grid. Um, do you take a quarterback day three if you're the Jets? Because you do yes. have a 40 year old quarterback. Do you mm -hmm. want a developmental prospect there at that position? I, I Ron Wolf mentality. I draft quarterback every year if, if you had the picks to do it. This is a weak quarterback class okay. on day three. Spencer Rattler would be fun behind Aaron Rodgers, but he's probably going to go in the third round. And I cannot justify <laughs> no. spending a third round pick on a quarterback. But yeah, I think, you know, you look at someone like Carter Bradley from South Alabama who had a good senior bowl week. Michael Pratt from Tulane. I, I do think this a year in which let's be smart uh, I know they've even said we have to have a better plan behind Aaron this year so I do think this is a year in which you maybe it's a seventh round pick uh, but make sure you get a young quarterback in the building all right Matt we're putting you on the spot magical right. grid time we got three slots wide receiver offensive line and then you can go wherever Ooh. you want to go okay now with this being said you determine where the Jets are picking this person. Could be free agency, okay. could be draft, oh, anywhere. There, that changes things. There you go, we okay. give you the pen. All right, so free agency, I'm going to go there. I, I, I spoiled some of this. I'm going Tyron Smith. Okay. Left tackle. But is he, is he your question mark, or is he your offensive line? This question, you can go anywhere. I, I'm, going, I'm going question okay. mark Tyron Smith. Okay, Tyron. Offensive right. line, 10 overall. Going to Lise Fuaga. Okay, so you got left and right. Solved okay. them. Yeah, we're good. Now yeah. we're good. <laughs> Wide receiver, no second round pick. I understand that. So we'll go third round. Uh, I went Jalen Polk 
from Washington. A physical 220-pound guy who's going to run through contact. Garrett Wilson, such a smooth route runner, would love to have a bully opposite him who's just going to be a little bit of a pick up the tough yard, so I'll take Jalen Polk there. You can put him on the outside and put Garrett inside sometimes, yeah, exactly. right? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, sign your name. All right. I'll put the date on there. That's Matt Miller from ESPN. Great senior brother. Likewise, we got to do this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Thanks, buddy. We're rolling on for the scouting combine here in Indianapolis. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. It's so great to see you. I think we do this annually. What has your attention the most this week here? Yeah, it's always an interesting week of the Combine. Um, it's as much about, for, for PFF, about kind of, um, you know, getting in touch with all the, the teams that work with us. We have a whole group of guys on site doing that in the background uh, while the, the content guys are over here in uh, Radio Row, Media Row, looking at the, um, hearing the guys at the podiums, and then obviously you get the week of the actual workouts. And, you know, I, I think it's all just building the puzzle of all these draft prospects. There's little pieces of information you get all the way along, whether it's listening to guys talk at the podium, whether it's watching them work out, whether it's the actual measurables that they run. And all of it is just part of the, the puzzle, along with the data that we already have and, you know, the, the measurables and the, the production. What's the most important content capture for the teams themselves? Would you say it starts with the medicals and then... Yeah. The one-on-one -on -one time as far as the interviews are concerned? Yeah, I mean, the origin of the combine is the medicals. That's still the biggest part of this. That's why even the teams that, you know, don't send coaching staffs here because they can get, uh, they, they get the data, they get the, uh, the, um, the measurable stuff, they get the player tracking data that gives them athleticism data as well. They still have representatives here. They still have medical guys. They still get the medical information. That's still the single biggest thing. The interviews are huge as well because even though, you know, you're going to talk to all these guys as well, I think it's just about eliminating people. You know, every yeah. one of us has talked to somebody where in the first five minutes you're like, I want no part of this human being, right? There are players out there that are like that, and you can spot it immediately. And maybe you're going to take a good player off the board because of it. Maybe you're going to get wrong sometimes. But mostly it's about, look, that guy's clearly something is off. We're not ha we're not right. we're not in there. Um, and I think every one of these pieces of information is just about eliminating players. Right. Guys that don't meet your thresholds for athleticism, guys that don't, um, you know, have a, a medical that clears guys that do give off some sort of strange vibe or whatever in the interview. We're just ticking off a couple of names here or there. That's why every team ends up with a draft board. That's not three, five hundred names long. It's it's a hundred names long. Right. Because you've gone through and you've eliminated a few names every step of the way and you end up with this consolidated list of guys that you would be comfortable drafting 321 prospects were invited here right. to america's heartland not all of them are going to be drafted what are your takes as far as 
the class as a whole, 2024, what we're looking at two months prior to the draft? I think it's a solid class overall, but I think the depth isn't there this time. A lot of guys went back to college this year. I think the whole landscape is still shaking itself out after the COVID year and, and the extra year that, that people are afforded in college sometimes. And a lot of guys went back to college this time. So day three of the draft, I think, is weak this year. Mm. So there's a lot of teams actually this year who have a ton of day three draft picks and the players are not going to be there to use them. And maybe that's going to result in teams using those picks and you just get some strange names that, that would be seen as reaches in other years because the draft boards will be so different when you get to that point in the draft. Or maybe you start seeing a lot more movement where guys trade into next year, guys trade up into day two from day three, and you just move around with that extra ammunition rather than use those picks. I think you got one of the most difficult jobs out there because you're studying the draft, you're studying pro football free agency, and you're doing it not just for one team, you're doing it for 32 teams. Right. When you look at the New York Jets, the needs, it starts with the offensive line. We know that. Yep. Wide receiver, people have talked about as well. Backup quarterback, the Jets are going to be in a market there on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive tackle, some questions because we don't know what's going to happen free agency next to Quinn and Williams. And then the safety position, a couple special teamers, uh, special team standouts are out there as far as Greg Zerline is concerned. Um, of course, Thomas Morstead as well, Justin Hardy, the list goes on and on. But just from a macro perspective, 30,000 foot view when you look at the Jets' needs, what do you got to get done at free agency prior to the draft? I think the offensive line is the big one. Like that, last year, we didn't get to see what the Jets were going to look like because Rodgers went down, you know, four snaps into the, into the, and the whole season's different. Yeah. Now, now we don't get the Jets. We get a different version of this team, and the whole sort of experiment is tainted because we it, this is not what we were expecting to see. So, you know, you look across and you say, yeah, there's a lot of holes in this roster, the things we need to fix, but most of those cracks are papered over if Aaron Rodgers is back looking like Aaron Rodgers, right? You look at the Kansas City Chiefs right now, and you're like, there's a lot of holes in this roster, and they yeah. just won a Super Bowl because most of them don't really matter if you have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and those guys fire then you can have a lot of holes. You know, you're not going to get this perfect roster um, created. You just need to be good enough in the right areas. But the offensive line is the one where even last year, you know, you're looking at the struggles in offense and you're saying, even if Rodgers was playing, even if his Achilles hadn't popped after four snaps, that offensive line playing the way it is right now might be a big enough problem that, it would have gone badly anyway, right. right? Maybe, I mean, it would have been better than it was, but maybe it still wouldn't have been enough because that line was a big enough problem. So I think it definitely starts with that offensive line. You're going to be using a draft pick on one. In an ideal world, you don't want to be forcing those picks and have to chase a certain spot in the draft. You want to take care of the, the spots in free agency and at least give you the, the wiggle room to go in a different direction at a specific pick if you need to. But I think their, their line had enough problems that you can hit both and be comfortable. You know, hit the free agent market for that offensive line and come back in the draft. And in an, I think they're going to be well positioned that in the first round, they're going to have offensive linemen available to them. What do you make of the free agency tackle class before we get to the draft because there are a lot of people saying that we could see as many as seven tackles taken in the first round of this draft yeah i think it's a good group of free agents not necessarily a ton of superstars but a lot of quality starting level offensive linemen which is ideal for a team like the jets and actually a lot of them are playing i think in that secondary or tertiary sort of 
spending bracket, you know, okay. a group where you don't have to break the bank to bring them in. And there's a few different um, sort of experience levels as well. There's some younger players, but there's also some old veterans that might be able to, to be brought in for the right kind of money. It, it wouldn't be cheap, but, you know, doable. Um, so guys like Tyron Smith for Dallas, yeah. like he showed last year, Tyron Smith on the field is still one of the top five offensive tackles in the NFL. Mm -hmm. The guy's a superstar. Now, you probably have to budget in the idea that you're going to miss a few games from him. He's going to get hurt at some point. He's going to um, miss a few games. But if you get him at the right time, and I don't think he would break the bank given the, the risk attached to him and, and his age, you could get a guy that locks down the left side of the line for $10 million a year. Mm -hmm. Do you think when players are looking at the market and they see the Jets, obviously money's going to be number one for these guys in free agency, but is an attractive spot playing with a guy like Rodgers, a veteran quarterback behind you? I think we saw, you know, in the hard knocks um, TV thing, players love that guy. Like players believe in Aaron Rodgers. Players gravitate to him. Players believe in the, the, the force of will that he brings to the table and that he is capable of doing special things. And, you know, there, there's quite a lot of teams in the NFL that I think can sort of talk teams or talk players into you can win a championship here, but I think absolutely the Jets are a destination where if Aaron Rodgers is back and healthy, you can convince people that this is somewhere you want to be to go and win a championship like they did with Dalvin Cook a year ago right. before everything you know blew up. If somebody who lives and breathes it every day, what do you make of people when they talk about windows, specifically with the Jets? You got Aaron Rodgers coming off the Achilles. He's 40 years old. He's going to be 41 in December. You got Joe Douglas entering a very important year along with Robert Sala. Yeah, I think most of the time that talk is overblown a little bit. You know, there's no real reason that a team needs to have a defined window, but Generally, when you're talking about that, you're talking about guys with quarterbacks that can play on for years, yes. right? And, and therefore, there's no reason that window can't be open for the entire time they're there. Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, that, that, there's no reason that needs to be a two-year window. This can be his entire career as the window. Josh Allen and, the, and, and the, the Bills and obviously Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like, the window is as long as that guy's still there and playing the way he's capable of playing. Where it gets different for a team like the Jets yeah. is, you know, Rodgers is already over 40 there is a defined window there. He's not going to go on forever. He's probably not going to go on for very long. So this is a shorter window where, you know, teams, I think, generally don't go too hard with that all-in strategy because that, that window talk is, is overblown. But, I mean, you might have one more year with Aaron Rodgers. So when he leaves, you're, you're starting over again to an extent anyway. You might as well throw everything at that year. Can you compare the situation to any that you've witnessed? I mean, because... Uh, People brought up Tom Brady in the past right. last year, but now we don't have a situation where the quarterback's coming off an injury. Uh, you're pairing him up with one of the best defenses in the National Football League. I want to get your thoughts on that. And there are some young stars at the skill positions at, at offense. Yeah, it's a little bit like the Tom Brady situation when he went to Tampa, and everyone is kind of aware this would be, you know, a, two, a one or a two-year project. No. Let's go. Let's try and do this now. It's a little bit like the Rams as well. When they traded for Matthew Stafford, they definitely pushed more chips into the middle than they would normally. I don't think they they quite went as all-in as people said, were saying they were, but they definitely were very aware that they had you know, a, a quote-unquote window of a couple of years where they could win a Super Bowl, and now is the time to attack that, and, and they got a championship out of it. Um, you know, the Jets may be the most extreme version, I think, in recent years yeah. of a team that, like, they have a very defined window, and it might only be this year. 
when do you add a quarterback to the mix? Because you're going to have to get a young guy into the stable at some point. You are. I, I feel like it should be as much as it's going to be front and center in everybody's mind, you know, because of the way last season went. Ultimately, whether it was Zach Wilson or any other generic backup quarterback, the season's probably ending the same. Like maybe they sneak into the playoffs, but you're not getting through the AFC right. with a backup quarterback. So it probably doesn't matter, you know, whether it's Zach Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, whoever your favorite backup is. Um, if Rodgers goes down, it, it's done. Like Rodgers is how you're winning a Super Bowl. And even with one of the best defenses in the NFL, even with improved roster around him, the, the AFC is still a gauntlet. You know, yes. Buffalo couldn't get there with Josh Allen and the incredible players that they have. Like, you're almost certainly not getting through an AFC gauntlet and then winning a Super Bowl against whoever the NFC can send there with your backup quarterback, even if he's a significant step forward from Zach Wilson. So, sure, upgrade the position. You know, go get a, a, like a backup. A, do you like any guys out there? <laughs> I mean, look, Jacoby Brissett hits the market almost every year. He's a good backup. <laughs> yeah. And I think we saw this year there is value to those guys. You know, Brissett is a good guy that can come in and win you a couple of games in a pinch and, you know, steer the ship and, and not be a liability at that spot. Um, I think he would absolutely be a good backup quarterback. But like I say, I don't think it should be that big a priority. Right. And Joe Douglas said today here in Indianapolis that the Jets have given Zach Wilson and his agents right. permission to seek a trade. So we'll have to see how that all unfolds. What do you make of the position at 10 overall for the Jets in terms of what's going to happen before them and also the prospects? Because this seems like an unprecedented possibly run from an offensive perspective where yeah. we're, maybe we see nine guys right. on the offensive side of the ball go before the Jets line up there to pick. Yeah, I think they're in a good position. Um, any of the teams picking in that top 10 kind of area that don't need a quarterback, I think are in a great spot okay. because we might end up in a draft where quarterbacks go one, two, three. The teams in and around the next group are quarterback needy and they might you know move around and jump up and, and go after quarterbacks or different spots so anyone that's just willing to sit there and see what how the draft falls to them may end up in a perfect position particularly if you're not necessarily in need of a wide receiver as well or at least not in desperate need of a wide receiver okay. that you need that number one guy maybe you can wait till later in the second or third rounds for different teams and, and come back and get a guy that's probably going to still come in and be a good player but doesn't need to be your number one from day one because easily in the top 10 we could have three quarterbacks off the board we could have three wide receivers off the board we could have a tackle or two but anyone that doesn't need one of those positions is just willing to sit there and we could have the top player on our board at, at a given position available to us if all goes early mm -hmm. Fashano goes early you're there at 10 you're joe douglas and you've addressed the offensive line to a certain extent in free agency would you entertain the possibility i know when you want to dance you got to find a partner right but actually moving back because the jets don't have a second round pick this year yeah i think it's definitely on the table um if the if certainly if there's a run on those offensive tackles you know and a few of them go and they're they're they don't love the next guy up i absolutely i think you listen to phone calls again the teams in and around them are in the quarterback market so it kind of depends how those quarterbacks fall right maybe they're in a situation where you know jj mccarthy from michigan is a lot of people's qb4 if he's still on the board if there's a team just below the jets that want that guy there's a potential trade to be done there. Um, yeah, I think that's absolutely a live option, but also 
grabbing the next tackle on the board might be might make a lot of sense as well. Um, Talise uh, Fuaga from Oregon State is a guy that I think is rising up boards recently. Feels, feels that way. Yeah, but certainly I don't know. There's a big gap between you know Joe Alton and, and Fuaga mm. and a guy like that. So if it does go Fuaga, uh, Fashanu gone, but uh, Alt rather and uh, Fashanu gone and Fuaga still sitting there, it's not a bad pick. I don't think to grab him. Day three. Uh, I know you said this class does not have the depth that we've seen recently, mm -hmm. but where is it going to be ultimately more promising than others? Um, I think there's some positions that are still very strong. Wide receiver every year seems to be the case that there's just so much depth at the wide receiver group. And I think that's true this year as well. So many good players. You can be 20 guys deep into this class and still find receivers that you really like and okay. think can come in and be immediate contributors. It's a weird running back group um, where there's nobody's going to go on day one. We might not see a guy go on in, in the second round either, but there's a ton of guys in the third round or fourth round, you know, where, where sort of analytics and data says you should be drafting running backs anyway. I think there's a load of guys that could come in and be really useful parts of a backfield and maybe not necessarily the every down bell cow that can do everything, but can fill a role within a backfield that already has a, a specific type of running back, you know, taking part of that equation as well. I think running back has a lot of useful players as well. Are you ready for the immaculate grid here? Yep, let's go. All right, so. Here's how we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Wide receiver, offensive line, you can have any selection, uh, realistic selection in terms of free agency yep. or the draft. Um, wide receiver first, then offensive line, then question, wherever you want to go, whatever position, you can double down on a position. Okay. All right. I'm, Sam, so I'm, the board is yours. I'm going <laughs> out of order, right, because yeah. I think my number, my, my big – my big expenditure is that top uh, first-round draft pick. Yep. I think the, mo the best thing that can happen to them is uh, Fashanu um, from, okay. from Penn State uh, falls to them at number 10. Oops. Can't talk and write at the same time. No, it's breaking don't. my brain. Um, I think you spend number 10 on him. You have a guy that has incredible footwork, is incredibly strong. I think he's one of the most natural pass-blocking tackles to come in the league in a long time. Wow. Immediately comes in fills your left tackle starting position and gives you solidity at that spot, which is still the most important spot on the offensive line, right? It's, you know, the, things are developed a bit. It, it's, there's other positions are valuable as well, but left tackle is still where you want your best guy, and particularly when you have an old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury. And even though your window is now, this guy might not only help you in 2024, but he's he, a might, be, he yeah. might be sitting there for 10 years. Right, he's a long-term building block as well. So assuming he hits the ground running, which is hit or miss recently yeah. with tackles, you know, some guys have been amazing from day one, some guys have taken a couple of years. If he's able to hit the ground running, it's an absolute home run hit. Um, wide receiver, I think the best thing that could happen to them is one of those uh, one of those later draft picks that they have, third round, fourth round. Jamari Thrash from Louisville okay. is a really talented guy. <laughs> he was really good at the all-star games. He's got quickness. He's got enough size. Um, they don't need him to be the number one. They've obviously already got Garrett Wilson mm -hmm. and a useful receiving core. But he stri strikes me as the kind of guy that can come in a little bit like Tank Dell and be just an immediate impact player albeit not one that's going to carry the offense by himself. Jamari Thresh, Louisville, the Cardinal. What what round do you think around? Three or four? Yeah, I, I would be fine taking him in round three. I, he might last until four okay. uh, or beyond um, because, you know, there are some guys that aren't as high on him, but I, I think he'd be an incredible player for them. 
Um, and then Sam's the, wild card. My wild card, <laughs> I think I would go back to the offensive line. And the spot that I would grab is Michael Owenu, the New England Patriots, mm. tackle slash guard. And I think at that point, you end up with two of those players with Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle. Both those guys are capable of playing right tackle or guard. You just figure out which, you know, what the best order that is. Um, Owenu has always rated well for us from since day one. He's been moved all around that Patriots offensive line. I think he's played at least three of the five starting positions for them. I think his best position is right tackle. Um, but I think you could slot him into at least two, either way of the right side, and you'd be good. So you could go Fashano left tackle, Oweno right tackle, and then you could shift back Elijah Vera Tucker to guard? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. How or, about signing that, baby? Or keep... Um, we got this for the record. There we go. <laughs> or you keep uh, Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle and have Oweno play right guard. Either way, your right side is set with those two guys, I think. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. We do this every year. And um, top storyline coming out of this. What are we going to learn um, from Indy? I don't know. There's the, last This time a year ago, we had Jalen Carter getting himself arrested and, you know, all kinds of crazy <laughs> stories coming from I, This one's it's more of a quiet combine so far. Yeah. Um, I'm sure once we get to the workouts, there'll be some... You know, big stories coming out of it. Guy like Chop Robinson, the Penn State edge rusher, might blow up the combine with, with some crazy measurables. Okay. But, you know, there'll be a couple of guys like that. But I, I, it's it's kind of a, it's almost a, a by-the-numbers combine so far. Where can we find you throughout the offseason? Let them know. Yeah, PFF.com obviously is where all of our stuff is. Or uh, PFF underscore Sam on uh, Twitter slash X, what we're calling it these days. Great seeing you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.